The Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and win a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off. This is active until the Eagles or the Giants lose their first game. And welcome in to the Fantasy Football Podcast presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me today, we have Brad, one of our SGPN analysts, and Austin from the Makeshift Managers Podcast. Welcome to Week 8, gentlemen, and happy Halloween. I know Brad showed up dressed. I'm doing kind of a college kickback here, and, you know, Austin looks like a uh, miserable football fan this year, Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> Not my favorite costume this year, let me tell you. <laughs> but we all got to put one on. We all got to do it. And some days we wear them more than others. That's right. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Good. I, I was I was going to put the mask on, but I can't. I just can't do it. I can't sit here for an hour breathing in my own hot air uh, while trying to provide somewhat reasonable fantasy takes. So I'll you didn't save make the, the... the hole in the mouth for the bourbon straw. <laughs> No, no. I figure what if some kids watch this and see Spider-Man drinking bourbon? That might not be a good correlation to put out to some children. So I'll pass for now. Honestly, seeing Superman getting drunk on the south side of Chicago is probably my favorite Superman of any Superman. That's just me. <laughs> How about you, Austin? How you doing today, bud? Good. Um, just woke up not too long ago here on the West Coast hanging out. Um not a whole lot going on today. Just wait until Sunday, honestly. Get up nice and early for London football tomorrow and all that cool jazz. What time is that for you? I mean, obviously, you know, we Six. appreciate you coming on to our show, but this is relatively like, you know, I think a decent hour. What time does that game start to, for you tomorrow? 6.30 in the morning. So generally I set an alarm for like 6.15 just to be sure because I avoided the Kamara out. I moved him out the second he was ruled out like three weeks ago. So I don't think anyone's going to get ruled out tomorrow, but I do have ETN. So just in case he like trips mm -hmm. and falls in the hotel, um, I'll check my fantasies right before that game starts. In case uh, Snoop Connor pushes him down an escalator. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is my chance. Yeah. <laughs> this is as close as it's going to get. Uh, all right. Well, let's jump into uh, today's show. We've got some starter sit questions to go over. We're also going to be grading some trades, and we also have some fantasy um, over-under picks to make uh, via underdog. So, you know, just looking at fantasy point totals. Also, want to let you guys know we are giving away a uh, another free jersey. We're doing a Debo Samuel jersey giveaway. All that you need to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel. So if you're watching the video now, just uh, you know, like the video, subscribe, and comment on any video. Send uh, a screenshot of those two completed tasks following our channel. And leaving a comment to at SGPN Fantasy, you're instantly entered to win. We, uh, we're up to like 91 subscribers on YouTube right now. And I think that we added about, I want to say 40 or 50 through the last contest. So one out of 40 to 50 chances to win a free jersey. Right? Pretty solid, especially if you're a Debo fan. Uh, we give away a free DeAndre Swift jersey. So we're moving along here. Now on to Debo. All right. So we're jumping into some starter sit questions now. 
I'm just going to throw it at you guys, and we'll just kind of do a little uh, you know, circle of this. We got Aaron Rodgers at Buffalo or Justin Fields at Dallas. For reference, Fantasy Pros has Aaron Rodgers at quarterback 18 this week and Fields at 19. Austin, we'll start with you. You're the Dallas Cowboys fan. Fields is playing the Cowboys. Where are you at with this one? Man, this is uh, this is something. Um, I've underestimated the Dallas defense all year, even as a Dallas fan. I've been like, okay, we do have some holes. There's got to be some holes somewhere, and they've just dominated throughout. Even against the Eagles, they played a really good game for the most part, despite all the turnovers and such. I'm going to go with Justin Fields here simply on the rushing upside that he has. I just don't foresee Rodgers, especially without Lazard, getting a whole lot done against the Buffalo secondary. They've completely abandoned the run. I don't even know if they're going to be able to run the ball down so quick with Jones and Dylan. I just can't say to start Rodgers this week. He's looked so bad against Washington. You're telling me he's going to look any better against Buffalo. So give me mm-hmm. fields. I think he can rush in for a touchdown even against Dallas. Yeah, I agree. What, what do you think, Brad? Yeah, I'm going to go a little contrary into that just because we've seen Buffalo in some of those games with with better quarterbacks. If you go back and think about the Patrick Mahomes game, some Mm -hmm. of those games, they get out of hand pretty quick. They turn into a really high scoring matchup. Now, their defense is solid. Don't get me wrong. And the loss of Alan Lazard is going to be tough. But give me that garbage time. Right. I think Buffalo is going to go up pretty early, pretty quick. And Aaron Rodgers is going to have to throw the ball. And I think Dallas's defense is going to absolutely eat Justin Fields for lunch on Sunday. It is the pass rush that they're going to get there is not going to be like anything that he's seen up to this point. And I think he's going to struggle because if he doesn't have that first read, he's going to start to run. But they've mm-hmm. got some linebackers that can really play up close to the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to try to spy him and force him to kind of be able to throw to beat him. And it's just not going to work out for him. So I think the the play for me is Rodgers just based on that volume and the unknown of Justin Fields. Yeah, so I've got Fields at quarterback 13 this week and also, like Fantasy Pros, have Aaron Rodgers at 18. So a little bit of of a margin ahead there. I'm going with Austin here. The same thing is with the safe rushing floor. Fields has rushed for 170 yards in the past two weeks, 80-plus rushing yards in the past two games. And last week, I believe he topped it off with a rushing touchdown as well. Three words, quarterback designed runs. Most of the beginning of the season for Fields, he was just running for his life. And I believe he is the most sacked quarterback this season. Uh, I know he was last year. I think that's still holding water this season. Great way to combat that. Don't even try to pass. Don't even try it. Just just set up the play action or set up quarterback design runs, which is something that they did heavily up against the Patriots where they were eight and a half dogs. They're coming in as 10-point dogs this week. Same thing. I like the theme with Aaron Rodgers in garbage time, but I'll take the same for the Bears in garbage time. If they're down early, you're just going to see Fields take a couple more shots downfield and probably probably just take a lot more safe runs. Kids got to make it off the field at the end of the day. So I'm going Fields here. Um, and I just like what the, uh, the Detroit defense was able to do up against uh, Dallas last week. I think we might see a bit of a closer game in Chicago than Dallas. So because of that, the game being more competitive, the safe, uh, safer uh, floor for Fields with the rushing game. Rodgers, like you mentioned, Austin, going to be missing Lazard. Could be a big Robert Tunyon week, but you know who's going to fill in the holes? Is it going to be Romeo Dubes? I know Christian Watson was back at practice this week. Dare I say Sammy Watkins? Like, uh, like it, I, I don't know where that garbage production is going to come from. Maybe it's the big Aaron Jones week, but just too many questions up there in Green Bay. And I like the the progressions that we've seen from Chicago uh, the past two weeks. 
All right, next up we've got uh, Najee Harris at the Eagles or Michael Carter versus New England. Uh, we saw the Bears rushing offense do pretty well on the ground last week. Do you guys trust Michael Carter without Brees Hall but with James Robinson or Najee Harris who's just kind of been, you know, tre uh, treading water, <laughs> we'll say. I think that's putting it nicely. What do you think, Austin? Najee's been impossible to figure out the season as a first or second round pick. It's been really tough to start him, and expectations were really high. So anything that isn't like a teen amount of points, it's been frustrating for Najee Harris. And you got Michael Carter, who's kind of taken a backseat to Brees Hall. And now they trade for James Robinson. We don't know what James Robinson's going to be. Um, I feel like because Bill Belichick has been so good against Zach Wilson and just like first year and second year quarterbacks all around. I'm going to go with Michael Carter on the back of a lot of checkdowns. Um, mm -hmm. I expect a lot of checkdowns to Michael Carter because Wilson is going to be running for his life a little bit. I don't think he's going to be able to chuck it. I believe he's without Corey Davis this week, but he gets Elijah Moore back. But, I mean, we, we've seen Wilson. He hasn't thrown for a ton of yards all season long because he hasn't really had to. His defense has been really good. So mm -hmm. I think the defense will keep um, the Jets in this game because we don't know what we're going to get from Mac Jones. But just to get the production going, I think he'll check down to Carter a lot. So I think he'll get a lot of points just out of that. Good stuff. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I think Michael Carter's a player here. If you think about the first couple weeks before they really fully integrated Brees Hall into that offense, he was a guy getting massive amounts of targets. He was still getting, uh, you know, a decent amount of carries. So I, I see a very similar, hey, look, James Robinson, it's the first weekend he's not going to get a ton of work, right? So mm -hmm. I think that volume is going to be there for Michael Carter to be able to produce a rushing floor. And like Austin said, give you some of that passing upside or that receiving upside as well. He's a pretty explosive player with the ball in his hands when he's got a little bit of space. So I, I like Michael Carter. Uh, and as much as it pains me to say over a first or second round redraft pick in Najee Harris, but you just can't trust that Steelers offensive line. You can't trust mm -hmm. Philly's run deep. We didn't even talk about the fact they're playing Philadelphia, who has a really solid rushing defense as well. So I'm I'm smashing Michael Carter on this one. Yeah, I think this one is actually a little bit easier. Uh, Najee Harris, I, I know everyone is still, you know, kind of just, I got to get something out of him, right? You know what I mean? Like, he was my first-round pick. He was my second-round pick. Like, how can I bench him at this point? Uh, we're about halfway through the fantasy season. I think you can get rid of your, you know, your ADP concerns, right? Michael Carter did lead this team in rushing attempts last year. He was the guy. He's most familiar with the system. So uh, this is the week that <clears throat> I feel safest starting Michael Carter because I think as the weeks go on here, as Robinson gets more familiarity with the playbook, with the offense, this is going to become more of an even split, uh, especially once they get down to the red zone. I got to imagine, you know, if you went out and got James Robinson, that's the place that you're going to use him, you know, the most where he's going to get his most volume, right? He didn't bring him in to catch passes back there. I mean, they're giving end around screens and catches to Bra Braxton Berrios out of the backfield. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to be James Robinson's role. Uh, but I do like James Robinson, you know, in, in the upcoming weeks. Uh, New England allowing the third fewest fancy points to the running back position and Philly the 13th fewest. So neither really has a good matchup. And I actually think that Harris might find himself a touchdown. But it, even if he does that, the rushing production and the lack of catches throughout, consistently throughout the season keeps his floor much lower, you know, than Michael Carter. So even if Harris were to find the end zone, I still think this week 
with the pass catching, with the all-purpose yards, that Michael Carter will still be the better option and have more fantasy points come the end of Week 8. So we got a clean sweep there. Everybody in favor of Michael Carter over Najee Harris. Look, I did trade for Najee Harris this week, anger trading him, you know. I gave up a first round pick, but I lost Brees Hall and Mike Williams. You know, I, you know, it, it happens. You get a little emotional, you know, start throwing picks around. But though I did give up a first round pick for, for Najee, I'm in win now, now mode. Like my, my pick's going to be at the end of the first round. I did avoid, I did avoid giving up a whole haul of picks for Jamar Chase. I offered like four or five picks for Jamar Chase. And the guy's like, I can't do it. <laughs> it's like, thank you. You know, it's funny because I'm in the exact opposite position. I'm sending picks right now for Hall, Williams, all these guys who are done that, for the that's, year. I'm yeah, like, that's not bad. You don't need them. I'll take right, them. Right. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. I think Brees Hall right now, like if you're in the, in the bottom of your league right now, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to give up a first round pick right now. Cause if you have a top five pick for next year, I don't know if I want to swap that with Brees. I mean, we still didn't even full, see a full season of him. But if you can get a future first or a next year second or something like that, I'm all in. Like that, that would be a great swap for me. All right. Next up, we've got uh, the wide receivers. We've got uh, DJ Moore this week against Atlanta. Are you buying the upswing in DJ Moore or Christian Kirk with a bad matchup up against Denver? 6:30 a.m. Austin's time tomorrow. <laughs> what do you think, Austin? Which way are you going? I have told people to sit Kirk all week, so I think I'm going to sit with that. Um, neither of them are going to be facing. Actually, I don't know what the health of AJ Terrell is. He's out. He is out. Okay, so yep. that hammers my DJ Moore pick. Um, I think Christian Kurt's going to be stuck to Pat Sertain all day long. I think they're going to be feeding ETN a lot even against a good Denver defense. Um, I, I've told people I can't play Kirk this week. Pat Sertain mm-hmm. is an extremely good quarterback. He's killed it all year. Um, yes, DJ Moore had one good week with P.J. Walker, but now, especially with the A.J. Terrell news, I'm hammering DJ Moore. What do you think, yeah, Brad? I, yeah, I agree with that. We talked a little bit about that pre-show. Like, If A.J. Mm-hmm. Terrell was playing – even though Atlanta gives up the most points to the wide receiver position, they're still like, that's not looking at the entirety of the situation where AJ Terrell is an absolute monster at the cornerback position. I want to say he was top five PFF rated corner uh, in yards allowed and targets. So, but with him being out, I just think DJ Moore is going to have even more opportunity to just be open as whenever he wants to be open which he's really good at. It's just he hasn't had the quarterbacks kind of get him the ball, and it looks like P.J. Walker's okay kind of hyper-targeting him a little bit, giving him a little Mm -hmm. more opportunity. And Christian Kirk, I just – not only is it the Denver defense, he's really kind of cooled off since those first few weeks, and it hasn't – come to fruition. Jacksonville, we talked about that pre-show also, right? Jacksonville looked really good early on, and the longer the season's gone on, the more kind of issues you're starting to see on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm kind of moving away from anybody not named Travis Etienne as much as possible in that Jacksonville offense. Yeah, I I can get uh, get behind that. Honestly, even if AJ Terrell was in the lineup, I think that you just look at the body of work that the Falcons defense has put together. And if you're looking at these things, you know, prior to any of that information, I still think you go with DJ Moore over Kirk just because of, you know, everything you just mentioned about the Jaguars and this matchup up against the Broncos, like in a nutshell, even with everyone healthy, I would still go DJ Moore here because if you own DJ Moore and you're looking at your upcoming matchups, 
first off, you probably struggled if you own DJ Moore. Let's get that. Let's get that straight, right? So this is the week that you got to start him. He's coming off a good week. He has a favorable matchup. Even if he did have a decent corner up against him, they're going to move him around the field. And I would I would use that same argument for Kirk as well. I still believe that Kirk could have a productive week this week. I'm banking on DJ Moore to find the end zone again, and I'm not banking on Kirk to find the end zone this week, just keeping it as simple as I can, right? I still think that Kirk could come down with four to six catches, 60-plus yards, and just not being that overwhelming of a week, right? Like just kind of you know fitting in at the back end of wide receiver two, early wide receiver three, but not being that booming option in our lineups, right? Uh, let's head over to the chat a little bit here. We've got uh, Evan asking some relevant questions to the show, some guys that we've covered, and then we've got uh, someone else who just uh, entered a question as well. We'll get to them here in a second. Pick two, half-point PPR, Michael Carter, Najee, Eno Benjamin, or DJ Moore. Pick two. So we've already covered these. I'm going to guess that we're out on Najee because we already said we're in on Michael Carter, and I feel like with the DJ Moore talk we just had here, we may propel him over Eno Benjamin. But tell me if I'm wrong here, guys. I feel like Carter and DJ Moore are the top two, and Najee and Eno are the bottom two. What do we got? Oh, my God. In what world are we in where I'm going to say what I'm getting ready to say? Out of these four names, I'm going Michael Carter and Eno Benjamin. Uh, Six months ago, this wouldn't have even been a a question, right? right? But here we are going into week eight. DJ Moore with a third, four-string quarterback. Najee with a terrible offensive line. We talked through all that stuff. But Eno Benjamin looked really good against the New Orleans defense that historically has been pretty good against the run. They're starting to kind of waver a little bit this season. But he's got another pretty easy matchup against the Minnesota Vikings this week. And he got Mm -hmm. five targets last week. He looked really explosive with the ball in his hand running as well. Ended up with that touchdown. So I'm going Carter and Eno Benjamin here. What do you got, Austin? I just looked up Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams is a game time decision. So I think for me, excuse me, if Daryl Williams is deemed out, I'm going to say Eno Benjamin and DJ Moore. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I just talked really big about Michael Carter, but I still, that's over Najee Harris. I still feel a little iffy about the Jets offense all around. Um, Mm -hmm. So if Daryl Williams is out, I'm going to go Eno Benjamin and DJ Moore. But if Daryl Williams is in, it would really depend on what the notes look like for me, how limited he's going to be, because with I, I don't trust a thing Cliff Kingsbury says anymore. I haven't for the past year and a half. Um, so if Daryl Williams is in in any sort of way whatsoever, we already saw um, Keontae Ingram, if I mm-hmm. remember his name right, yep, that's took right, yep. a touchdown from Eno, and that was mm-hmm. frustrating until he got that late touchdown. Right. Um, then I would go Michael Carter over Eno Benjamin, so that's kind of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Love the matchup up against Minnesota, but like you had said, Darrell Williams potentially coming back. And also keep in mind, too, with uh, Carolina, they're going to be missing Chubba Hubbard. So they're down a rushing um, option. You may see a couple extra carries this week for DJ Moore, who's been used in that rushing attack. So I, I just can't get off a of DJ Moore this week in that really favorable matchup because you there may still be weeks ahead where you can start Eno Benjamin. This is it for DJ Moore. Like if you know, going going forward, his, his matchups aren't going to be as favorable. The, the amount of playing time won't be a, a, as there. And th- yeah, this is the just the week to get rich on him. All right, next up, what's up, guys? In a dilemma, don't know who to drop for a defense and kicker. Ouch. Uh, bench, Madison, Gallup, A-Rob, Khalil Herbert, A.J. Dillon, had to stream quarterback and tight end as Herbert and Kelsey are on by. 
So this is who we're looking to drop. I think we need a little bit more information. I think we need to know how many teams are in your league. That's that's for sure. And you know what the what the outlook is. You know, can you get these guys back up or get them back on your roster potentially? I think you know, and knowing very little information here for me, it's Madison and Gallup. But I think Gallup and A Rob could be pretty close. I'm not willing to give up. You know, these other. Uh, handcuffs and Herbert and Dylan because they're just more active handcuffs. Whereas Madison, like you really need the injury there for him to have like an active role in the offense. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because the context you're talking about is really important. Are you a contending team where you're moving into yeah, that, the playoff, you know, that playoff it. stretch where I don't know that I would get rid of Alexander Madison or Herbert or Dylan, right? I'd probably be looking at Allen Robinson and Gallup in that situation because it gives you a little bit of insurance if you are those that Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, which is very plausible. You've got the three of those guys, depending on where you drafted in the league. So I'd be looking at Gallup and A-Rob in that situation. If you're tight on the wide receivers, then yeah, you definitely look at, I would still drop Allen Robinson and Alexander Madison at that point. Mm -hmm. I think Allen Robinson is kind of the surefire drop for me out of this group. I just he doesn't have the connection that we had all kind of wanted with Matthew Stafford. And I know he looked better last week, but I'm looking at that kind of the exception right now, not the rule. If it's like a 10 team league, I would drop Allen Robinson. But if it's 12 or more, like I feel like when I go back to the waiver wire to recoup that loss, like, you know, you know the options are just going to be more limited. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, too, I need to know if there's any other wide receivers left on the bench because I would feel really bad telling you to drop Allen Robinson and Michael Gallup when you still need to fill buys at some point with those guys because Van Jefferson's coming back, so Allen Robinson is going to be even less now. Van Jefferson takes all the deep shots. And with Michael Gallup, um, I love Michael Gallup, don't get me wrong, but it feels like Dallas just doesn't have to score a ton of points all year long to win. So Dak doesn't really need to heave the ball as much, um, especially with Zeke getting a lot of red zone work and Pollard getting a lot of get up there kind of work. Um, So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of on the A-Rob and uh, Gallup train too, but especially if Madison got traded, that would be really interesting um, to see. I do like Herbert and Dylan. I've wanted, I think I dropped Dylan in a league because I couldn't take it anymore, but I do have him in another league (laughs) where I'm just kind of iffy about him. So If you don't have any other wide receivers left on your bench, I would hold on to Gallup because he feels like he has the most value mm-hmm. and then drop Madison. But if you have more wide receivers to fill buys coming down, then you could probably just drop those two. Right on. All right, let's get back to the starter sits. Keep the questions coming, chat. We are here to help. All right, next up, we've got a couple of tight ends. They're not pretty. All right, Dawson Knox, Dawson Knox versus Green Bay or Greg Dulcich at Indianapolis. We'll start with Austin. Broncos country. Let's ride. Um, let's die. <laughs> but let's, we died. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Dulcich. Um, I still don't know what to think of Knox right now. I think he's a good tight end, but I just don't know how much Josh Allen is going to look his way right now. Um, I know he got a touchdown two weeks ago, and then they had their bye. So I feel okay mm-hmm. about Knox. But with Russ playing, he has looked Dulcich way a little bit. And Indy does have some good corners that will lock down um, – Sutton and Judy, so they may not get a ton of looks, and Dulcich might get those five, ten yard, you know, throws here and there. So I think I'll, I'll take Dulcich here. I think Brad. Yeah. yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm with Dulcich. Uh, you know, even as good as people 
as much as people like Dawson Knox, he's never been that volume tight end. He's been that guy that gets kind of three targets and a touchdown type of deal. Yep. And while we don't really know what we have in Greg Dolchik because in his first game back from injury with Russell Wilson, he only saw a few targets, right? But you saw that they targeted him in the red zone quite a bit. He came back last week, played with uh, uh, Brett Rippon and had nine targets. So I, I'm looking at a guy that I think might have a little bit more volume on an offense mm-hmm. that is not that great, but I'd rather take volume over, you know, hoping for that touchdown right now. Right. Absolutely. And that's where I'm going to. So that first week back with Russ scored the touchdown the following week, six for nine over 50 receiving yards. That's all we're asking for out of a tight end right now. We're yep. not even asking for Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, random weeks. We're just asking for a safe floor. Get us five catches. Get us over 50 receiving yards, and we'll think you're like the greatest tight end ever. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think Knox, like you guys had mentioned, there's a little bit more risk there. There's so many more weapons in the Buffalo offense. They could get up. We had mentioned garbage time in that game, and I'm thinking like, oh, well, could Knox find himself a, you know, this supposed garbage time touchdown? I'm I'm not, don't have a lot of faith in it because they could get into park the bus mode. You know, we could see the Bills put up 24 by halftime, only score another 10 points in the second half, and win by double digits. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it's not a game that I'm like trying to just get as much of pieces in as I can. Albeit, you know, the Denver game, pretty similar. I'm not looking for a ton of action there, but like you guys had mentioned, like corners for Indy really, or um, I'm sorry, corners for Indy. Very good. Right. Um, I think that Dolchich will probably have four to five catches, maybe a touchdown, but really that's all I'm looking for is just someone that I feel safe with Dolchich. What is he? Tight end 16, according to Fantasy Pros. Knox is 15. I've got him at 13 and 14. So I think that either option, you know, is a little bit safer than, you know, throwing out, <laughs> you know, your your Cole Komets, right? Your your Dalton Schultz is this this year. My goodness. Like, crazy to say. Crazy to say. Uh, we got one more question in the chat. I think it's the same guy. Yeah, Smokey the Cat. Cat, 12-team PPR, 5-2, and two, tied in second. My starting team is... Herbert, JJ, AJ Brown, Najee, Hendo, Kelsey, Godwin. I'm down by 20 by 25 points without a kicker. Yeah, that was the original question, right? He needs to drop two players to pick up a defense and a kicker to finish. Well, don't out overreact to Thursday night. Big deal. You're down by 25 points. That means <laughs> yeah. the other guy doesn't have other people playing on Sunday. Uh, yeah. I'm certainly not trying to tell you to go out and win this week without a defense or a kicker, but uh, you know, the points really aren't too much of a concern there. Well, I mean, so, you're also missing Kelsey, like at that right. point, like so. Yeah, I mean, you might just have to take it on the chin this week. I, you just don't do anything that's going to be too overreactive. You know what I mean? Like, we had mentioned some safe uh, drop options here. You know, obviously, in some leagues, they're not going to be as safe because you know I'm in a lot of leagues where if Madison was dropped, it's getting picked right back up. You know, there's not going to be much of a of a waiting time there. And same thing with Gallup and A Rob. So you got to know your league. Uh, you got to know your competition. You know, and really, I guess that's what I would go with is like, who do you think your your league would be the lowest on out of this group? Uh, but you're five and two. So even if you take it on the chin this week, you know, while you've got Kelsey on a bye, you know, while you might be missing some other guys and, uh, you know, whoever did what to you on Thursday night obviously had a, a decent go of it. You know, just don't overreact to, to get the uh, the six and two record. You know, you got a long way to go here. Yeah, I think, I think there the might be a thing there. Go ahead. Before, go ahead, Austin. Uh, I think the biggest thing there is that JJ and AJ Brown, their buys are done. Henderson done. He he's finishing up most of his buys outside of like Godwin, so right. he really doesn't have a whole lot of moves left to make unless somebody gets hurt. 
So yeah. I think I you could probably drop a Rob and then the lowest running back out of this group. I would mm-hmm. see what Michael Gallup's matchup is on certain buys. Like if Dallas has a good matchup, then maybe you know Gallup gets the most that day. I think I would have to do some research like moving forward in the weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's in a fine spot. You take him on the chin, you're five and three. You have a really good team going into week nine. I think he's just fine. Well, Gallup, has, since coming back, he hasn't recorded more than 50 receiving yards. He hasn't recorded more than four catches. He only has one touchdown. He's playing Chicago this week. Not a good matchup for wide receivers. Their secondary has been probably the best aspect of their defense. Green Bay and Minnesota on the road after the bye next week. So I think Gallup has definitely got to be on the list because he's going into a bye. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to boom this week. So I think that he should be on the short list. Madison, I again, I think the only thing that we're waiting for here to like really give him that that like really safe floor is a trade. Like he's he's got to get off the roster, and I don't know if I see that happening because he's been there so long. He's handcuffed um, Cook for so long. Like I gotta imagine that they you know like what they have in him. Well, that's the play. I think that's the play here, right? He's got AJ Dillon, Khalil Herbert, Alexander Madison, Najee Harris, Darrell Henry. Like he's he's got a lot of guys that you can start. I, I might actually start Khalil Herbert at mm-hmm. this point, right? I, I, I think he's a guy that's shown that he's got flex appeal on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. I might be looking at that, hoping, keep my fingers crossed, that the Cook owner is a playoff contending team also, and I'm looking to maybe move Alexander Madison for maybe a small, slight wide receiver piece there, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got a couple selling points. One, hey, he's your handcuff for when you move into the season. And two, there's trade discussions around, hey, is Alexander Madison a trade candidate right Mm -hmm. now? And if he goes to a team where he's going to get some some work, then you're looking at kind of a win-win situation. You get to fill that wide receiver spot a little bit. You can drop Gallup. You can drop Allen Robinson, who uh, another wide receiver that people are rostering. Shit, I might play Olamide Zacchaeus over these two guys right now. Like it's that mm. like you've got other players that you can really look at at this point. So I I might be looking to try to move Alexander Madison instead of dropping him. Yeah, especially if you're in a league where when your trade gets accepted, it goes right through. Right. Def- definitely a guy that I would be looking to move on uh, an opportunity like that because once it, if it goes straight through, like you can get a piece for this week. You know what I mean? So yeah. I love yeah, those that, that whole team feels like uh, not the whole team, but the bench feels like what ifs, like what mm-hmm. if Madison gets traded for Henderson? What if the Rams get go out and get a running back? Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Herbert. He's good. He's been good behind Montgomery. He's even better when Montgomery's out. Mm-hmm. AJ Dillon's a massive. What if Michael Gallup's a massive. What if because Dallas just isn't yeah. the offense. They, granted, like Cooper Rush has played most of the year. So the offensive numbers are really low. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gallup only got two targets last week against the Lions, which surprised no the crap out of me. No, yeah, catches. no catches, two targets. So, like, is that going to be how Michael Gallup is? So it feels like a lot of what-ifs, but his starting team feels fine enough to just mm-hmm. contend moving forward anyways. Right on. Yeah. All right, we got our last uh, last starter sit question. This is a flex one. I think I know where you guys are going with this one. Miles Sanders versus Pittsburgh, Jacoby Myers at the Jets, or Eno Benjamin at Minnesota. For think, me, Austin? it's Jacoby. For me, it's Jacoby Myers. Uh, okay. I'm actually going to go Myers here. Uh, he's really been targeted here recently with Mac Jones in Week Two. He got a, uh, I think, nine targets in Week One. He had six. He got mm-hmm. tar- targeted with Bailey Zappi. And when you think about them playing the New York Jets, I, th- I think Sauce is hurt, but it looks like he's going to play. Is that accurate? Um, with Sauce playing, 
he's going to be on Devontae Parker, not Jacoby Myers. And, and mm-hmm. that's going to even force the ball a little bit more in Jacoby Myers way. So I'm leaning Jacoby Myers over, you know, Benjamin, who we've got the question marks about, but we've talked uh, and Miles Sanders, who the touchdowns get vultured by Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I mean, and then our, the, the occasional, uh, you know, uh, appearance of Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. So I, I'm going to go with Jacoby Myers here. Yeah, it feels like anybody in that Philly backfield could score two touchdowns any week. So right. I, I think Miles Sanders is a great player, but even Raheem Mostert only put up 4.9 uh, yards of carry against the Steelers defense. They're a good defense, and I think Lane Johnson might even be out. So Philly's uh, line is beat up a little bit. I do like Jacoby Myers. I do like Eno Benjamin. So once again, I'm going to say if Darrell Williams is out, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to hammer Eno Benjamin wherever I have him. Um, because I think Kyler does a decent amount of checkdowns. They it's going to be a high scoring game. I feel because Arizona's secondary is god awful, and I think Kirk's going to sling the ball, and Kyler's going to be doing whatever he can to score five points in a Cliff mm-hmm. Kingsbury offense. Um, so Williams out, give me you know Benjamin. But if Williams is in any capacity whatsoever, give me Myers. We we uh, clarified that Mac Jones is the starter this week. That's I believe correct. so. Yeah. So. What do we think the chances are that Bill continues to do what he did last week? The back and forth, like it's you know, like where it's Michigan State or something. It didn't work last week, so I don't think that's <laughs> gonna happen again. But uh, it's Bill. Like yeah. Bill I when think, Bill wants to prove a point, Bill proves a point. Well, so we talked about this on the show on Thursday, Dave and I, like this is the Patriot way, right? They like to showcase those backup quarterbacks. And then they get draft capital and move those guys to other teams. It's right. happened consistently. Ryan mm-hmm. Mallett was a name that came up on Thursday, right? Started a game, ended up in Houston, and was smashed James. ass. Matt Castle, like, it just happens, right? So James. is that kind of what Bill's doing right now? I I personally don't. I've never been a Mac Jones guy. Uh mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'd be happy if Bailey Zappi got the opportunity there also because I'm from Kentucky. So I, I'm okay with a, a hilltopper getting that starting gig. But I, it, there's no way that that's like the offense moving forward, that he's going right. to play this dual quarterback play. That's the only thing that concerns me about Jacoby Myers and anyone on the Patriots whose name isn't Ramondre Stevenson because it doesn't matter who the quarterback is for Ramondre. He's just going to run, right? And he's been looking fantastic. For me, I guess that's like the only person right now I really trust for the Patriots. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm starting Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers where needed. I need bodies. You know, we got guys on by. We've got injured players. Like, don't get me wrong. Those guys are in my lineups in various situations. But if I have Eno Benjamin, I'm going with him. The Arizona Cardinals can run the ball. You know, James Conner was the fifth best running back last season. Obviously, not as expected, but many predicted, like, hey, like going back to the well with Conner this year might be a little bit risky, as it as you know, it has been in the details, right? So I like I like Benjamin, even with Williams there, just over these two options. Um, some of the guys that we had mentioned before, I think are a little bit closer with him, like uh, the the DJ Moore, the Michael Carters, they're a little bit closer. In this situation, I think he's uh, a, a little bit more above uh, Myers and Sanders. All right, we are going to hit a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back after this. Uh, ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to the online sports betting and casino play. They're offering exclusive uh, of rewards that are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout 
for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During the WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. They have great promos. Odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Are you ready to play? If you sign up today, you'll receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. That's There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, and we've already talked about one giveaway, that Debo Samuel jersey that the SGPN fantasy football team is doing for you, but it's not the only one. Our mothership, the Sports Gambling Podcast, is also giving you a chance to win your choice of Did I lose you? Lawrence Taylor or an autographed Brian Dawkins jersey who was just Fly Eagles fly. And this contest is completely free for you to enter. All you have to go is subscribe at youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast, comment on any video and get this. You do multiple videos, you get multiple entries. So go in, watch all those videos, comment on all of them, and make sure you turn those notifications on so that you don't miss out on SGP contacting you when they pull you as that winner. You better check the Wi-Fi, Spider-Man. Why? What happened? You're going in and out. Your oh, picture's going no. out too. Damn it! You're you're freezing up there a little bit. It's all right. We got we got uh, we got through it. We're good. All <laughs> right. We're moving on to uh, some trade grades. We're doing some swaps in the old fantasy land. Some of these are pretty interesting. Maybe a little bit one sided. You guys be the judge. All right. First trade. First completed trade. These are all real trades that you can find on Yahoo, uh, in their uh, Yahoo Fantasy Football Trade Hub. All right. Side A, you guys let me know the grade on the on the swap, if it's a good trade, and which side that you want. Side A, a little underwhelming this season. Drake London, wide receiver, Atlanta Falcons. Or side B, he's on the come up, stock is rising, Kadarius Toney, uh, wide receiver recently with the New York Giants, now with the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you think about this one, Austin? Are these redraft trades? Uh, you can grade it from whatever uh, aspect that you like. We don't get that information. Uh, if this is a redraft trade, this is a fat F for me because it, there's just the, what is this doing? What I don't I don't understand what this trade does. Drake, we saw last week Atlanta doesn't throw the ball regardless, mm-hmm. so we got to wait for Arthur Smith to be fired apparently for Drake Aww. London's. Uh, <laughs> Poor Arthur for his for his yeah. value to give give up. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I, I could go on for hours about this. It, we've talked about it so much. Like Marcus Mariota isn't a bad thrower. Why isn't he throwing well, to Pitts in London? He's, he's it, still Marcus worse. Mariota though. True, true. You got me there. <laughs> okay. And then getting Kadarius Tony. When am I starting Kadarius Tony this season? I'm not starting him his first week in the Kansas City offense. I might mm. not even start him in the second week of the Kansas City offense. I guess the London side is better a little bit, but I just don't. I don't understand the point of this trade. It doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. an either team got better per se, because both these guys aren't getting starts right now anyways. Well, if you owned either of them, I got to imagine both are on your bench. So you're just swapping bench assets and redraft. I think in dynasty, 
I don't know. Like, I think it gets a little bit more, like more difficult to gauge at that point yeah. because you have Juju leaving KC next year. You know, that opens a window for obviously more touches and just, you know, more opportunity. But do we believe that Kansas City views Kadarius Tony as that type of receiver? I mean, it's not like they gave up much for him. It's not like they expose themselves to a ton of risk. I think they're doing something right now in the meantime to just, man, just move the chains because they have no identity in the run game. Uh, I think it, the trade hurts Miko Hardman a little bit, who's looked impressive the past few weeks, who's kind of been that gadget guy to, again, just move the chains in some short yardage opportunities, get a couple of extra carries because they need some explosivity out of that backfield. So I think for redraft, I would say that the, I mean, the trade is kind of, yeah, like it's not a good grade. It's like a C. It's like, what are we doing here? I, I agree with that aspect. But I think that the the side that I would want for this season is Kadarius Tony because I just want to get more exposure to that KC passing game and less exposure to the Atlanta passing game. What do you think, Spider-Man? Yeah, I agree. I think Kadarius Tony is the, the play here, which is crazy. This dude hasn't even been on the field enough to, to warrant a trade. Like It feels like two. somebody picked him up off the waiver wire and said, ooh, an opportunity. Let's just move him for literally anything I can get. And That'd somebody's awesome like, I'll give you Drake you London that. for it. You, you know what? So I, I, I mean, $7 it, fob turns into London? What? Yeah, right? So, but that really is where it's at because, I, you know, I'm not a believer in Marcus Mariota. I think at some point they make that move to Desmond Ritter. And then there may actually be more opportunity for Drake London because the Atlanta Falcons are going to kind of want to see what Desmond Ritter is. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think that necessarily translates to anything. And that, you know, that explosiveness that Kansas City could give Kadarius Tony, all you got to do is give him the ball in space and he can make a lot happen. He's not like a refi refined wide receiver or anything like that. But they mm -hmm. can create, they are very creative in creating touches and opportunities for players that they want to get the ball in their hands. And I think Kadarius Tony kind of fits that. So that's the guy I'm going with here, as gross as it feels. I mean, it doesn't feel gross. I mean, I think, I think that Kansas City is trying to find their next Tyreek Hill. And I'm not going to say that Kadarius Tony is that guy, but he's a great route runner. He's got great footwork. He can get himself open. So he may not be that like crazy down the field, throw up the deuces threat, but I feel like when healthy, he's going to be a weapon in this offense. So like I said, for redraft, I definitely want to grab um, his side of the trade. I, def I definitely want Tony's side. In Dynasty, it becomes a much different conversation because you have to start making your bets. Like you have to, you know, take take your stand. Like where is KC going to be next year? Will they draft a, a young wide receiver? Will Tony be, you know, the the one A option on this roster next year? And if he is, like if, if you believe that in your heart, then by all means, you know that that side's the winner. Next year, we don't know what Atlanta will do with quarterback. Will they hang on to Mariota? Will Ritter step up? Will they make a move? Will they try to go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo? Look at that offense next season, right? Calvin Ridley, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Maybe they make a splash at running back in the offseason or in the draft, right? Like this team on paper, they're going to look really good next year. They're, they're, they're going to look damn good, and they're going to be an ideal location for uh, whether it's a quarterback or a running back to land there to improve the offense. All right, next up, we've got uh, we've got a big haul here. We've got uh, side A, Ramondre Stevenson, Terry McLaurin, Kenny Pickett for side B in DeAndre Hopkins. Which way are you going, Austin? This one's close. Um, if you are starting, if you really need to start 
Stevenson and McLaurin and Pickett every single week, like those are your guys moving forward, then I would take that side. I'm I'm still a little bit wary on Ramondre Stevenson. I know he's a great running back, but I'm really confused of what Bill's going to do with Damian Harris. If Damian Harris gets traded, obviously it's a different story. Um, I love that. Love that. It would be wild. Um, I only like Terry McLaurin as long as Taylor Heineke's the quarterback um, because Taylor Heineke just looks McLaurin's way the Isn't most awesome? for some reason. It's great. It's great. I'm, I'm starting McLaurin because of this, but the second <laughs> Heineke leaves, I'm not starting McLaurin. And then pick it if you're starting to pick it as your quarterback because you have to, then I'm sorry. But then you got DeAndre Hopkins, who's absolutely going to get peppered week after week after week. They were up big on New Orleans, and they were still hitting them with targets and mm-hmm. catches. So it's it's close for me. I, I love DeAndre Hopkins, super high on him, drafted him in a lot of leagues, and he sucked up the bench spot, and I thought it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um but if you are starting Stevenson and at least McLaurin every week because you have to, I do like that side. I think it's a good trade for both sides. I think one guy significantly improves, improves at running back and another guy improves at some depth and some starting guys that maybe you're tanking or maybe, you know, you just kind of need those guys to fill roles. Um, personally, I take the Hopkins side simply because I just love DeAndre Hopkins, a little bias here, but mm-hmm. the absolute numbers he's getting with Kyler Murray and I think he'll get all season especially because Arizona is going to be playing from behind a ton. Their their defense is awful. It's so bad. And, but Call of Duty came out yesterday, so we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> so it, it's close for me, though. It, it super depends on like more information, obviously, like every trade does. But I think this is a good trade for both sides. What do you think, Spider-Man? Yeah, for me, I, I think Dynasty or Redraft, I'm going to take the Stevenson, McLaurin, and Pickett side. I, I, you know, from a Dynasty perspective, I think it's kind of a smash, to be completely honest, unless mm-hmm. you're looking to really solidify that wide receiver position to try to win this year. But even if I'm in a win-now situation, I still think I like the other side. I'm going into that playoff portion of the fantasy football season where I get some depth. And depth is extremely important going into that fantasy football playoffs because if you lose a guy, you know, we're working on an article on that right now. It's very important to have guys that you can plug into there. And I don't know that you're losing a lot of production at this point when you are able to plug in Ramondre Stevenson over some of these, you know, maybe you've got A.J. Dillon. You're really probably looking at those guys drafted pretty close to one another and A.J. Dillon is producing nothing for you, and he's in that spot, and you get the opportunity to, put, to swap those two with a Ramondre Stevenson and put Terry McLaurin in, who they paid that big contract to, and we've seen him produce in the past as well. So I think I'm going the Stevenson-McLaurin picket side. Uh, I agree with both of you. So Hopkins, win now option. If you are trying to win this season right now and you need to do this trade to p- propel yourself into a better position and you have the depth, go ahead, target Hopkins. If it's dynasty format, I want the other side because again, you're getting those longer term assets. You know, buying in at a at a quarterback that low, that young for just one, you know, one wide receiver that may not last you a couple more seasons at best. I'm good with it. I, I think it's a good swap for dynasty uh, in favor of the multiple asset side, and I think it's a great win now option if you're trying to go all in. You know, if especially if you know, you acquired Hopkins after he sat out those first weeks, right? Like you were able to get a little bit of value out of these other uh, options. And then once Hopkins, you know, showed you that he's good to go, you know, he's healthy, he's conditioned. He's had six full weeks of rest or whatever, seven, he's going to be good to go. So I I, I like it in uh, a couple of different, a uh, couple of different avenues here. Like I said, 
Hopkins, good win now option, but Stevenson and McLaurin and Pickett for Dynasty, those are great assets for another two or three year window, in my opinion. All right, uh, a couple more here. Next up, we've got a nice little swap for CMC. We've got Jalen Waddle and Pollard for Christian McCaffrey. What do you think, Austin? I thought about this one before the show, too, because this is this is really interesting. I love Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, one of the best running backs when he's healthy. Availability is one of the best abilities. He's, he's a Niner now. He's on, a, on an offense with a lot of pieces, a lot of playmakers. So we still don't know what he's going to be in this offense, how many touches mm-hmm. he's going to get. Personally, I think he gets less touches, but he's more efficient with his touches. I don't think he gets as many catches. The problem I have with Jalen Waddle, I love Jalen Waddle too, but he's always going to be number two. He's always going to be number two to Terry Kill. Terry Kill's going to get more targets. I've watched a lot of Dolphins games and I have a lot of stock in both players, but Tyreek is just going to get more balls from Tua for sure. Tony Pollard is a smash play this week, especially mm-hmm. with Zeke out. But when Zeke is in, We've seen that Zeke is probably going to get most of the red zone carries. He's going to probably take most of those touchdowns from Tony. And neither running back is really getting a ton of receptions because the offense isn't as great. Obviously, like I said, they're hard to evaluate because Cooper Rush was the starter for five weeks. Um, I think I'm going to take the CMC side just by a little bit, mainly because Jalen Waddle's at number two. It's basically Mm -hmm. two number twos for the main number one guy. Yep, and and right now I just like Christian McCaffrey a little bit more because he's healthy. Obviously, obviously I don't think you're trading for Christian McCaffrey if he's hurt right now, unless you're in dynasty, and then maybe his value is even lower. But at the current moment, I'm taking CMC by a little bit, but I like both sides. Yeah, this this is a tough one for me because I I I think I lean CMC, but I also see an opportunity or a world where that Waddle Pollard side ends up better than CMC this year, mainly because of that Mm -hmm. volume play. Elijah Mitchell coming off IR here pretty soon. Jeff Wilson's still there. They typically deploy multiple running backs in that system. Plus you have Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel getting some of those touches in the backfield. Um, And we just don't quite know what Kyle Shanahan is going to do with CMC uh, mm-hmm. but the potential for 20 plus fantasy points every game is still there with Christian McCaffrey. Some, some help on the offensive side of the ball right now. It's not clicking in San Francisco. So mm-hmm. I think CMC kind of, kind of slights a little bit here for me. I'm leaning the CMC side, Austin, you hit it on the head, at least for like my reasoning is that Waddle and Hill, they share the stage. Pollard and Zeke, they share the stage. I feel like this trade is an overreaction to the matchups for this upcoming week. Oh, my God, Waddle's going to boom this week. He's playing Detroit. Oh, my God, Pollard's in and Zeke is hurt. This is going to be the the narrative for the rest of the season. So I really don't love this swap. I'm still going with the CMC trade because it's a top five running back, you know, for Pollard, who even during his best weeks is probably a running back too. And Waddle is a fringe one wide receiver one or wide receiver two. And I just feel that if CMC is playing to his, you know, his level, his safe floor should carry you through the season. And I feel like the only way I do this swap is if I'm a CMC owner and I just lost Mike Williams and Brees Hall, like a situation like that, right? Where like I'm a contender, I need to, I still need to, you know, try to move the needle week in and week out. I have this piece where, yeah, I can get 
a potential wide receiver one and running back two, you know, potentially week in and week out. But I need more dominoes to fall for those narratives to be like locks, you know, to just be, you know, 100%, you know, getting you to bed at night. You're not losing sleep over that trade. So for me, I'm going with CMC there. That's it's not an easy one per se, because like I said, I think that there are some some ways that Waddle and Pollard could go over the top. Like Brad had mentioned, there could be some weeks where that side B is winning the trade, but I feel like season long and even for the next couple of seasons, if you're doing this out of a redraft form or I'm sorry, dynasty format, I still think that CMC is going to be that guy, you know, especially if he's going to be in uh, San Francisco long-term the next upcoming season or two, they may not have that whole bevy of running backs in, in the room because you just spent a lot on a running back. So it might just be CMC and dudes off their couch, which by all means, if CMC gets hurt, Shanahan will make those dudes off the couch, you know, running back assets that's what he does yeah and tony pollard's future is a giant question mark after this yeah, season ex- right now we have no idea where he's going exactly i think everybody thinks tony pollard's young also mm-hmm. but he's he's like a year younger than zeke he's still a 26 year old running back it so about five from years a younger dynasty perspective people look at it and they're like oh man i'm getting a young running back that's quite possibly going to get the opportunity to be the guy he, right he's not young he's not young by running back standards. So, all right, last swap here, and then we're going to get into our over under picks. Um, this one's interesting. Dallas Goddard for Brandon Ayuk, straight up. Am I crazy to just go with the tight end because he's a tight end? That's like, that's, okay. That's what I'm leaning. He's the number eight <laughs> tight end. It, you get a top 10 tight end, which is not saying much, but. <laughs> Well, and you get rid of Brandon Ayuk, who ju- they just added Christian McCaffrey that we just talked about, right? So does he lose yeah. a little bit of that pass volume that he's seen the last few weeks? So I, yeah, mm-hmm. I would go with Goddard as well. Yeah, I mean, that one's a little bit easier for me. Um, Ayuk, like you mentioned, he's hurt. Everybody needs a reliable tight end. Ayuk, you probably drafted to your bench. You're not giving up much. And the guy that has Goddard probably, you know, he probably drafted like, you know, Mark, Mark Andrews with them, or he also has Tyler Higby or I was about to say David Njoku, but he got hurt. Like pff, ain't nobody safe at tight end. Uh, we got clutch plays 180 in the chat, 10 man, half point PPR Eckler, Devontae Smith for Tyreek and Jonathan Taylor. I'm holding X, X number one right now. What do you guys think, man? I'm also, I'm also not on the Tyreek kill train. I'm still staying off. I wasn't on it to start the season. We've seen some highs and lows from him. I'm staying off. I'm, I'm not in mostly because of the highs quarterback and situation lows from Tyreek Hill. No, I don't believe you. <laughs> it, it, yeah, that it, it's super close for me. Like Tyreek Hill and Austin Eckler are kind of on the same wavelength of points scored right now. Maybe points per game is a little bit different because Austin Eckler's on an absolute tear right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of off Devonta Smith right now because I just don't know what he's going to get week to week. Jalen, obviously they have the insane rushing game and they still have good wide receivers to throw to. And I don't think they, you know, throw to Devonte Smith a lot week to week. Obviously mm-hmm. he has some boom weeks and Jonathan Taylor is obviously we thought one of the best running backs going into the season and the line is non-existent. I don't know what it's going to look like with Sam Ellinger. Obviously I'm a big believer of put the ball in the hands of your best player and the best player on the Colts right now is Jonathan Taylor. Um, but I don't think I could tell you to get rid of Austin Eckler right now because he's on that tear. And keep in mind, too, Keenan Allen, super, super struggle bus right now with injuries. Mike Williams on the has now entered the, the same struggle bus, right? Who is going to catch the ball? You've got guys yeah. like Josh Palmer. 
you know, uh, Gerald Everett. It's, Eckler's volume and usage should continue to rise. Jonathan Taylor, like you'd mentioned, negative add to the to the narrative with Ellinger. Tyreek Hill, I'm just like Tyreek's great. He's a talent. I just don't trust the quarterbacks there. I don't know how much long. I'm not saying how much longer Tua will last, but I feel like he's one good hit away from the blue tent, like week in and week out. And I just don't want to continue to expose myself to that. I feel like Raheem Mostert right now is the safest option for the Dolphins. Call me crazy, but that's that's yeah. where I'm at with them. Yeah, this is this is a tough one for me because I am a Devonta Smith lover. Like, I, I mean, that guy. I've I've been a huge fan of his. I think he's an absolutely smash uh, at just at the wide receiver position. Just playing the position, people mm-hmm. were worried about his size, and he's proven over a year and a half. Look, I don't take big hits. I'm really good at playing wide receiver, and you can trust me. And I think you see that from Jalen Hurts uh, mm-hmm. in most games, right? I, I think there was week one was kind of an anomaly, like it is for a lot of players. But since then, he's really actually had a pretty solid floor and given you a couple really big games as well. And Austin Eckler is getting those targets, and he's going to continue to get those. But I feel like from a just like a get. From a week-to-week basis, Tyreek Hill can single-handedly win you a week. Jonathan Taylor single-handedly could win you a week. Now, he hasn't done that this year, right? We're looking at what what we saw last year. But I think I'm going to go with the big names on this side. And and I don't want to overreact to what we're seeing with Austin Eckler here recently. I don't want to overreact for my love for Devonta Smith. So I think Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the big names and hope that, Indianapolis kind of writes the ship and just giving Jonathan Taylor the volume that we know that he can produce using. Right. Yeah. I, I actually just looked at Devonta Smith and he's only had like two weeks where he's laid. Well, I wouldn't even call him lay eggs. I think it the was first a- week was an egg. I don't think he had a single catch in week one. <clears throat> yeah. He went zero for four, but since then uh, week two, seven for seven, 80 receiving yards. Week three was the big boom eight for 12, 169 and a touchdown. Week four and week one were the duds. You know, yep. he had less than five fantasy points in each of those games. Every other week, he's had at least five catches or uh, 50 plus receiving yards or a touchdown. I don't know. I, I feel like he's you, really good. I, I mean, I wasn't high on him. I, you and I definitely got into it before the season started on Devontae Smith. Yep. Wasn't someone that I was high on because I wasn't high on the passing offense of the, the Eagles. And Jalen Hurts has definitely made an improvement there. You can't deny it. So I'm still leaning with that side. The, the narratives for Eckler, um, they, the, the positive narratives continue to build up for him. Already on a hot run right now. He's going to have to get hurt for, I, I feel like, for him to ruin the side of the trade. And Jonathan Taylor, I just you don't know what to expect with a new quarterback. You know, can definitely win you a week, but right now he's losing you weeks. All right, we're moving on to our underdog fantasy totals. We're going to do one from each position and then head out and enjoy our Saturdays. Been a long one, add a good one. Austin, we've got Dak Prescott on the menu. 17.35 fantasy points against Chicago. What do you got? Over, under. Uh, I'm going to go under. I just I love Dak Prescott. Don't get me wrong, but the Dallas defense is absolutely dominant. We only really have to put up ten to seventeen points a game. It feels like to win a game. There's just no reason for Dak to air it out. I think they're going to run the ball a lot with Tony, and I can't remember the our third string running back. But I think it's just going to be a lot of running, especially if Rico wins gone. Net Rico, I think so. Rico Dowdle, I it think is definitely possible. Can yeah. we just get? 
uh, Cavante Turban carries, please. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it's going to be a lot of unders for Dak for me until I see something different moving forward. The, the defense is just, they're honestly scoring their own touchdowns too. So they're mm-hmm. not even, we don't need to score on offense. It's just not there. And Robert Quinn's gone. So he'll have more time in the pocket to throw, but also it makes the run game even better. Be scared. Be scared. Robert Quinn wasn't doing nothing this season for the Bears. All right. He had like he had like 18 sacks last season. He only had one so far this year. They were they were looking to get him off the roster prior to the season even starting. I'm surprised it even took this long. I am also on the under for Dak. Very underwhelming up against a Detroit defense last week. Uh, only one passing touchdowns, uh, right around 200 passing yards. Very conservative. Very conservative. The secondary for the Bears is going to be much more difficult. Not as uh, much of a light matchup as the spread, we'll say. Hashtag Bears cover. Uh, Yeah, Chicago allowing the eighth fewest fantasy points at quarterback position. Slam the under here. What do you got, Parker? I feel like I'm contrarian on almost everything with y'all today. I think I'm going to go the over. I think this is a get-right game. There was a lot of criticism around Dak Prescott in his first start. And I think Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy looked to kind of say, look, shut up. We know what we're doing here. We won that game. We're going to win this week. And I think they give Dak a little bit more of an opportunity to throw, especially with Zeke missing. I think they're going to allow him to kind of do his thing a little bit. Coming back from that hand injury, it was still kind of questionable around his grip strength and how well he was going to be able to throw the ball. He only had 25 attempts against the Detroit team last week. Pretty conservative, right? Say that again. Pretty conservative, right? Yeah, and, and I think they look at it as, okay, he's another week removed another week of getting that hand strength back and he's gonna Mm -hmm. I think he's gonna throw the ball 30 to 35 times and that he scored 15 fantasy points last week so you add 10 more attempts you for two more two more fantasy points I think that's possible so I'm I'm gonna take the over here Jalen Johnson's taking one of the house (laughs) spoken like a true Bears fan that's right (laughs) I ain't scared I ain't scared that's right Delvin Cook, 15.55. I think he's hit this number once this season. I'm slamming the under here. What do you think, Austin? We'll go up. Taking the over. Um, Arizona is middle of the road when it comes to rushing, but boy, is their secondary bad. He could really hit the under here because Kirk might air it out to Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne Mm. and Adam Thielen and Irv Smith Jr. I think... Mm. Dalvin can get a couple of catches in there to save his value for the week. Maybe it's not a 20 bomb. Maybe it's close around to this 14, 15 range. So he could mm. just hit the under, but I think he can get close to 16, 17. I think he can find the end zone. And I think a couple of catches will save his value for the week. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I think the game script is really going to be in Dalvin cook's favor. I think they're going to be in the red zone a ton. I think this is an opportunity where he's, could see multiple touchdowns uh, again, like he did. I think what was that week three or whenever it was that he had mm. the 90 yard, two touchdown game or whatever it was. So I think you could very similarly see something like that uh, because they're going to score, I think a ton of points in this, in this matchup. So I'm going to go with the over on this one. Yeah, it might be close, but I, I think that uh, the other weapons uh, like Austin had mentioned, they're in line for bigger days. JJ Irv Smith probably finds the end zone again. We'll see. I own. I also own a bunch. Own a bunch of Dalvin Cook, so I doubt that he'll actually bring it home for me. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, Tyreek Hill. It's a big number, but it's a great matchup. Seventeen point seven five against the Detroit Lions. 
one of the worst secondaries uh, on this season. What do you guys think? This one deep catch. <laughs> one 50-yard touchdown bomb against quite possibly the absolute worst pass defense in the mm-hmm. league. Uh, and I, I, I think that's an over. I think I'm going to take the over here also. What do you think, Austin? To nobody's surprise, he's hit that over three times and been under four times. So big games or no big games. If it's not a big game this week, when is it going to be? I know he's already had big games this year, but this mm-hmm. is the Tyreek Hill game. They absolutely blew Baltimore out of the water. I feel like this is what it's going to be like. Detroit mm-hmm. has DeAndre Swift back, so they should score a decent amount of points as well. So I don't think Miami is going to fall behind per se, but I think they're going to have to keep up a number to be ahead of Detroit. And I mm-hmm. think it's just going to be a big day for all of Miami's offense. For the sake of not taking all unders, I'll take the over here because I know I'm taking the over with my next pick. So just to not be a uh, you know a a, Scro- a Scrooge on Halloween, I'll, I'll take the over here. But I do think it is going to be kind of close. I don't know where the Lions found their defense on their bye week, but they played pretty well up against uh, Detroit last week, better than their defense has performed um, since the, the beginning of the season. You know, so I, I feel like there could be some opportunity to take the under, but. Tyreek, the, the volume is there. You know, he's getting double digit targets out of those are those are the four. There are four 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 weeks out of the seven so far. He's gotten double digit targets. He wasn't getting that type of love in Kansas City. And I know that I was someone that was lower on him coming into the season because look at the quarterbacks. You go from Patrick Mahomes to Tua. But Tua's getting them, you know, 14, 15 targets. Like he wasn't getting that in Kansas City because he had Travis Kelsey right next to him, right? There was a little bit more spreading of the love. So, yeah, as long as he's getting the double-digit targets this week, he's absolutely going to hit this number. Like I said, for the sake of you know not being a Scrooge, I will take the over 17.75 here. At least one big play is going to come, and then those other you know hooks and out routes should should seal it there, Parker. All right, uh, Pat Fryermuth, 8-something. What is it? 8.05. I, I, this is a smash for me. I'm pretty sure he's hit it like half of the games he's played this season. Yeah, I I was originally thinking about the under here, and then when you think about Kenny Pickett, you look at Kenny Pickett loves George Pickens, mm-hmm. and he loves Pat Fryermuth. Uh, so this is an opportunity where I think he's going to see five plus catches, and if five plus, all you need is thirty yards at that point, and I, and I think it's a pretty easy over for Fryermuth going into this week. Yeah, I love yeah, that one. It, yeah, it, if he's hitting those numbers with Mitch Trubisky, he's hitting those numbers with Kenny Pickett. He, he eight points. It's easy. He doesn't even need to hit a touchdown this week to make that. Yeah, exactly. Very friendly number. Be sure to plug some of those options into your underdog cards for this week. This was a great show. Great, great week eight preview. Austin, Peter Parker, Spider Man, FF Bourbon Dude. What do you got? At FF Bourbon Dude on Twitter. You can find all my stuff on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, Snapshare articles coming out every week. Uh, I'm going to go get some candy. I'm going to go get some candy. I'm not taking it from anybody. I'm going to go hand some out. What's Spider-Man. your, what's, so what's your favorite good. grab out of the bucket? You know, if, if, if your kid's bringing a big old bucket, oh, Smarties. bucket, Smarties? Okay. Smarties are a smash for me. I am okay. an absolute good Smarties one. freak. Uh, and luckily for me, my wife doesn't like them to have pure sugar. Uh, it has to have chocolate in it. So all those are, are saved for dad. So, all right. Fair enough. What about you, Austin? Uh, you can find me and my co-host Devin at TMSM Podcast, like it says right there. 
Um, we're live every Monday night at 6.30, so you can watch a little Monday night football with us while we recap and scream at the screen on why the Jets are 5-2. and two. So, you know, Yar. make it make sense. Braxton sometimes Darius, we're here. That's every, why, buddy. <laughs> sometimes we're on YouTube uh, Sunday mornings doing start, start and sits. If we're not, we're on Twitter doing it. So, you got start, sit, show on Sunday mornings before kickoff. You got us doing recaps on Monday nights. All of our stuff is at TMSM Podcast, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that jazz. Um, so hit us up. We're trying to blow up. We're purely all NFL content now and fantasy football content all year round. So stuff's never going to change with us. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, go follow Austin and the Makeshift Managers Podcast. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. We're, at, we're also going to be doing a, a week eight preview show we're going to be doing start and sits injury updates and all that jazz um me and brad will be on there tomorrow and we'll also have that available every sunday going forward through the second half of the season a couple more notes you want to win the uh, debo samuel jersey go ahead and comment on any youtube video follow the youtube channel and then dm us uh, screenshots of those completed tasks at sgpn fantasy on twitter go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com smash the fantasy tab we've got all the good stuff for you Brad mentioned his Snapshare articles. We've got IDP. We've got Dynasty. We've got all the good stuff for you, all the advice and rankings that you're going to need to finish out this year strong. Come and ride with us. We'll take care of you. Again, at SGPN Fantasy on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at SGPNJB. Take care. Be well. Be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.